Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com, DCBService.com, and Summit City Comic Con. Welcome to the newest episode of The Doctor's Companion. This is episode 46. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. Mm-hmm. How you guys doing? What's going on? I hope it's a good time today. Yeah, so yeah, nice. yeah. We got, some, we got some William Hartnell this week. Yeah, we're back Very in the excited. Hartnell. It feels, like, it feels like I've actually been a while since I've seen him, which is weird. Um, although, I, <laughs> although I just watched An Earthly Child this past week, which was unique um but yeah yeah we're back here again um mm-hmm. for what is a seminal story in a lot of ways uh yes yes time meddler uh, good stuff yeah. good stuff um <laughs> uh, featuring a character that i wish there was more of in the uh in the doctor who universe oh definitely uh, definitely we can talk yeah. about that a little bit more in a little bit but uh the monk is definitely one of those awesome characters who must we must needs discuss Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get to that, I want to remind everybody that we're from the website GeekShowEntertainment.com, where we like geeky stuff and occasionally we talk about geeky stuff like Doctor Who on podcasts like this one. Geek Show Entertainment is a podcast network that has new episodes released every week for shows that include uh, The Doctor's Companion, as well as uh, Movie Night at Geek Show, Have You Met Ted, Queen Witch, A Couple of Geeks, Geek Show Soundcheck, and Super Geeks. Uh, with uh, Matt and I's new show, uh, The Geek Show, premiering June 1st. Um, And that will be the new uh, Mothership podcast of Geek Show Entertainment. And uh, you can listen to all those uh, podcasts by streaming them on the website or subscribing to the shows on iTunes. Also, you can go to the website and join our community by commenting on episodes or articles that we regularly post on the site. And if you've listened to any of our shows and you like what you hear, even if you don't, you can help us out by leaving an iTunes review, as iTunes reviews tend to be the best way for people to find our shows and decide if they might be worth listening to. You can also let us know how we're doing with comments, concerns, suggestions by emailing the show at tdc at geekshow.us. That's tdc as in the Doctor's Companion. So, the Time Meddler. What do we got for background and significance this week? Um... Well, a couple of things, uh, but, but first, before we uh, before we go into uh, the Time Meddler, uh, you might have heard at the end of last week's show, I threw out a very impromptu contest. There's a small modification, but uh, you'll have to wait till the end of the show to hear about that, uh, if I remember to bring it up, which hopefully I will. Um, but but yeah, so uh, the ta- anyway, so get back into the Time Meddler. Um, let's see, it's notable for a couple of reasons. Um, one, because it's the first Hartnell story um, that does not feature Barbara and Ian. Uh, Barbara and Ian were written out at the end of the last story, which was The Chase, uh, which is a nightmare. Um, uh, Let's see. It's also towards the end of uh, the run by Verity Lambert, who was the original producer of the show. Uh, She was on for two seasons. She'd only made it to, like, one other story plus uh, Mission to the Unknown, uh, then was taken over by John Wiles. 
Um, and it's also the first story to be writ- uh, script edited by, I think it's Donald Tosh, uh, who would script edit like the next half season of Hartnell. And it's written by outgoing script editor Dennis Spooner, who had uh, script edited The Chase, but now was finally getting to take over his own story, as they are so want to do. Um, as we kind of mentioned it last week, uh, each outgoing script editor got to write their own story. Um, it's most notable, though, uh, for the introduction of two things. One is uh, the pseudo-historical, um, as it's called, which is a historical that blends sci-fi elements. Up to this point, all like historicals where you know the, the TARDIS would land in like a place like the ancient Aztec civilization or ancient Rome, and then the the uh, our heroes would go out on a on an adventure, and there would be little to no, there would be absolutely no sci-fi involved except for the fact that you have these people who are removed from time, um, and then they would go back to their TARDIS, and then they would fly away. This actually inter- introduces the idea of like you know sci-fi elements within a uh, historical context, and it's done. It's done okay. It's done much better later on, but uh, it's interesting to see it start here. Uh, it's also notable because it introduces the meddling monk, who is the first Time Lord uh, introduced on the show, who isn't the Doctor or Susan, um, because they are ingrained in the show at the beginning. And the monk, uh, we find out, is a Time Lord, although he's never named a Time Lord. We find out that he is uh, one of the Doctor's people in what is probably one of the best cliffhangers I've ever seen from the Hartnell era. Uh, pretty friggin' sweet. Um, Are you talking about the end of part three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah, that that is a phenomenal cliffhanger. Yeah, like, I can just, like, I can just imagine being eight or any age and seeing that cliffhanger and just feeling my mind explode. Just like, oh, crap, you know, just kind of like that. Um... So that's that's the time meddler. It's also directed by Douglas Canfield, who's a who's a stalwart of um, Doctor Who directors. He also directed, among other things, The Seeds of Doom, which a lot of people love, uh, myself included. I really like that one, and um, The Web of Fear, which is mostly lost, which is a bummer, and um, The Invasion, which we watched, you know, a couple months back for uh, uh, Patrick Troughton. Uh, so he's really good. Uh, it's not his best work here, but he does it. He does a good job with it. Um, and uh, just right off the bat, like, what did you think of it? Uh, just going into it, not having seen anything, um, what did you think? Um, I, like, what, as the episode as a whole? Yeah, or, just or overall series? thoughts. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah no, I, 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 I did enjoy it. Um, you know, it was it's kind of sparse. Um, mm-hmm. The lack of the Doctor in Part Two uh, was was felt. Uh, yeah, definitely felt. Mm-hmm. Um, especially once you get into part three and the interaction between the monk and the doctor is golden. Oh, it's, the, oh, it's so good. And then, yeah, and so, and so, so then at that point you're just like, oh, there could have been so much more of this in part two, but at mm-hmm. least, at least, uh, you know, it was done in a not so clunky way, you know? Oh yeah, Where, definitely. I mean, it could have been worse, I guess. I've um, seen so, it done way worse. Yeah. Yeah, so at least at least you know the lack of the doctor in part two was written in well, um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, the the cliffhanger at the end of part three is phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. The other two cliffhangers, eh. <laughs> yeah, they're okay. They're okay. Part three um, is where it's at. Like part yeah. three, I remember the first time I saw it, and I was just like, "Oh, that is pardon my French, but badass." Like it's just like, "Oh crap, mm-hmm. oh man, yeah." Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, yeah. Overall, I liked it a lot, and I, I wish there was more of the monk. 
um, mm-hmm. than here and uh, what, what's the other one? Dalek Invasion? Uh, Dalek Master Plan. Dalek Master Plan, okay. Yeah, so I wish Which it, is I wish totally was necessary. Than... What's that? <laughs> Which is totally necessary, having the monk show up for three episodes in that story. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah. I, but I do wish there was more of him. So mm-hmm. there's, if there's well, an old character that I'd like to see them bring back, it would be him. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit more later, but um, I just finished listening to the Eighth Doctor Adventures, which is this uh, big, big finish uh, season of, or series of Doctor Who uh, starring uh, Paul McGann and Lucy Miller as his companion. And um, the the monk featured prominently in the final season, and I think in terms of just, like, wh- what the monk is to me, like, that's the best monk. Like, this... He's a little jokey for me here, as we'll talk about. Like, that was my, that's my bigger version to this is like, you know, they hired this guy named Peter Butterworth, who's a comedian, and like, he's a little too, you know, uh, 60s comical, sort of. Like, you know, he's talking to himself in very real, unreal, stilted ways. He's, you know, getting hit by trees. It's, it's not my favorite. But like, later on, like, the, the stuff with him and, um, Paul McGann is just killer. Like, it's so good. And if you've heard it, you know what I'm talking about. I know one of our listeners has heard it and he knows what's going on. Uh, but, um, yeah, <laughs> if you want, if you want, if you want the more monk, I, re- I really recommend, um, getting through the eighth doctor adventures. Although you kind of have to listen through all of it to really feel the impact of those final stories. Cause the monk is in the final story of the eighth doctor adventures. Um, but yeah, he's really, he's really cool. And like, in a lot of ways, almost more effective than the master, but I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, All right. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Right on. Okay. So before we get into our commentary of the episode, um, I want to remind everybody that uh, today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com, and this month at InStockTrades.com, you can purchase our book of the month, Day Tripper, by Gabriel Ball and Fabio Moon. This book is available for only twelve thirty nine, which is thirty eight percent off the suggested retail price of nineteen ninety nine. And remember, all orders over fifty dollars get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades.com. And Day Tripper is really good. Um, I I read it, and it's it's one of those books that like if you want to show people what comics are, that's really good. You got to read it. But if you read it, you only ha- you like only read it one chapter at a time because it's it's heavy. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just I read the first uh, issue a couple of days ago, so I'm. Oh man, what you, reading... you think? Good stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it was excellent. Um, I know, right? Much, so good. much better than I expected. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, on to part one, uh, which is called the Watcher. We're back in um, the land of episode titles. Which, granted, these titles are actually much cooler than the ones that Terry Nation comes up with, which are always lame. Um, but. Uh, the the watcher i really like this one um this this episode it starts um with a really nice sort of like segue from the last story um the doctor and vicky are kind of dealing with um uh, uh barbara and ian leaving and there's this really nice sort of moment where you know they're kind of on their own and the doctor's just like i will miss them which is you know you never see that um you know the doctor very rarely like ruminates on his companions at least in the old show after they're gone and like it's really nice to see him acknowledge Barbara and Ian as he does here. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's just, it's really nice. And Hartnell does a really good job. Um, and I really think Hartnell does a great job in this story. Uh, and he starts off really strong here. Um, and yeah, so we start with yeah. that. Um, I also, I love how often, in the, at least in this story, that Hartnell talks about being an old man. 
Yes. It's, it's like it's, constantly. It's, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm much older than you are. And you're just like, oh, he's yeah. Like, like, I'm, when, I'm much older than you are. Why don't you get up and go get this for this old man? It's <laughs> just like, it's like, you're not old. You're just lazy and don't want to do anything. <laughs> yeah, you've got like, you know, you've got at least 10 more regenerations in you, dude. Come on, let's go. Um, <laughs> so um, there's, they hear this knock in the TARDIS and, um, and they start to Steve. panic. <laughs> and we have Stowaway Steve show up, and and one of what I think is really funny, which includes like they think it's a Dalek because they just got off of a big Dalek adventure, and the Doctor strips off his coat, which is amazing. I love that she's just like it's obviously a Dalek, <laughs> and they haven't seen it because like it's in a corridor or something. But I love the Doctor stripping off his coat as if he's gonna like throw it over the Dalek, as if that's gonna really do anything. Um, and it's really fun to see Hartnell stripping. Let's not lie. Um, but uh, it's it's Steven who showed up in the last serial um, and managed at the end of it to apparently stumble into the TARDIS and pass out amidst the carnage that was going on towards the end there. And um, and Steven's really skeptical. He's like, what the, what the heck's going on? And uh, and Vicky's like, well, we're in a TARDIS. And she gets the name wrong, uh, which is which is only funny because she calls it time and relative dimensions in space. Um, when really it's uh, time and relative dimension in space. And that's only, I only, I'm, I'm not huge on like nitpicking, but it's funny because <laughs> Vicky's mispronunciation of it becomes the mispronunciation that holds from like this point now in 1965-ish all the way to the show's cancellation in 1989. So they always get it wrong <laughs> from this point forward because Vicky screws it up here, um, which I think is really funny. Um <laughs> That's weird. So, I know, isn't it strange? Um, so, so Stephen is really, really skeptical, um, and the TARDIS lands, and the Doctor's trying to tell him that, no, what we're doing is fine. And it's really interesting how this story kind of almost functions as a hard reboot from, like, you know, from what we've seen before. Like, a lot of time is spent discussing the TARDIS and, and the traveling through time thing and who the Doctor is, which, you know, granted, comes into play later when we find out who the monk is, but, you know... It, Steven does become like a new sort of in for the audience because Vicky is kind of like the she's now the like the um what's the the old stalwart of the crew um as opposed to being the newbie that she was when Barbara and Ian were around um but the TARDIS lands and it lands on a shore and um and there's this guy who we eventually find out uh, is the meddling monk and he's overlooking the TARDIS and he's just like that's really weird and he starts to kind of uh, think it's peculiar so he climbs down the rocks and heads towards the TARDIS um, uh, meanwhile um, he's less he's oh. less the meddling monk in part one as he is the stalking monk yeah he's he's kind of creepy like he's just like walking around like hiding behind boulders like overhearing conversations and all this yeah. stuff like it's, <laughs> it's it's really it's really it's, funny it's kind of creepy yeah yeah stowaway um, Steve meanwhile he cleans up rather well Oh yeah, he 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 had like a he had like a like a long he had a kind of long hair and like a beard because he was stuck on the mechanoid planet back in the chase and then he just like shaves and shows up outside the TARDIS um, and there's this really great moment where like where like uh, Vicky picks up a Viking helmet and she's like well look Doctor it's a Viking helmet and the Doctor's just like oh this must be from the time we're at and he shows it to Steven and he's like oh Steven so what do you think of this and he's just like he's like it's a Viking helmet and Steven's like no it's not and Hartnell has this great line which made me laugh where he goes well what do you think it is a space helmet for cows which I, <laughs> which I think is great um, <laughs> um, um so space helmet for cows <laughs> So, um, so Steve is still... I love how belligerent William Hartnell's doctor is. 
Yeah, he's like he's like pretty no nonsense, which I really love about him because like you know like someone like Davison will take a lot on the chin, Troughton will take a lot on the chin, uh, even Tom Baker will take his own fair share on the chin. But like William Hartnell is just like, come on, dude, let's like he's so impatient all the time at everything. <laughs> <laughs> just space helmet for a cow, like that's a great way to describe a Viking helmet. That's just amazing. Um, so, so they talk about the TARDIS and what it is, and there's the monk, like, they're, they're hanging out by this boulder, and the monk is literally just, like, crouched on the other side of this giant boulder listening to them, which is kind of weird. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. He's just kind of there and no one notices. Um, <laughs> and the doctor, um, the doctor's like, okay, well, I'm gonna climb up, uh, toward, to the top of this cliff face, because they're, they're on a beach, sort of, and they have to climb to the top of this cliff face and the doctor's like you stay here and you climb up the other way and i'm just gonna go for a walk which is kind of cool like the doctor just kind of goes off by himself and and he's like he's like i'm gonna go up and then when i'm up there you guys can i'll just call for you and you guys can come up and and he leaves and steven's like let's go up and vicky's like no the doctor said wait and steven's like well i'm not listening to him so he climbs and vicky chases after him and the monk um like now that they've left goes and examines the tardis and is very interested in what it is um, which is which is really cool. Um, so then we go to uh, the Saxon camp and we meet this woman who I didn't look this up, but I'll just bet my whole reputation here on the fact that this woman, uh, this blonde woman, we'll call her the wife, um, is uh, the the cave woman who's in uh, Unearthly Child, um, which is kind of neat. Um, and and he starts the doctor's like walking around the Saxon camp um, and he's examining and he hears this the the sounds from this monastery nearby and he kind of flirts with this woman and they get some exposition and they get some history and the doctor's kind of on his own and he's like oh we're in 1066 and the vikings are about to invade england and king harold is going to come up and he's going to he's going to you know kick some viking butt and then go back and there's going to be the battle of hastings it's very historical and stuff and he's about to get some dinner from this saxon woman who is apparently very nice and <laughs> And he, and all of a sudden, the monastery song, which is these monks chanting, you know, in kind of that really awesome way, kind of warps. Um, and he's just like, that's really strange. Um, so he heads towards the monastery because he's like, that's not right. Um, and while this is going on, Vicky and Stephen are lost in the woods. And <laughs> they come across this guy who, uh, his name is Aldred, and he has, like, this crazy beard and mustache and these crazy squinty suspicious eyes. And <laughs> he's holding this trinket, and Stephen and Vicky are just like, well, what is, what's going on? And, 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 and they're like, who's this guy? And, and Stephen's just like, well, it's some dude, I'll go talk to him. And Vicky's like, wait, and so... <laughs> And they, they walk up to him, and Stephen's like, hey there, and, this, and Eldred kind of tries to run, and Stephen just runs up and decks him, <laughs> and they he's, start wrestling he's for like, no reason. He's just like, I'm, I'm just trying to be nice to you, and he just tackles him. <laughs> and it's, it's called hospitality. <laughs> Say hello! <laughs> he says between blows. Um, yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's 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 one of the, I guess Steven's just very like pounced now, I guess. Um, so uh. so Eldred like he manages to wrestle the trinket out of Eldred's hand. And he and um Steven is really 
he looks at the drink and then he's like, and he's like, we didn't really go back in time because he holds out and he holds out this watch, which is very anachronistic, which is really interesting um, if for no other reason than because we see this watch and we know it's 1066, but there's a watch there, uh, which is, you know, it doesn't fit. Um, and then uh, the doctor investigates, we come back to the doctor and the doctor investigates this monastery and he just kind of invites himself in because it's a monastery um, and he knocks at the door um, and the monk knows that he's there, and the monk's in the monastery, and the monk unlocks the door, but disappears, and the, the doctor starts exploring, and it's very creepy and ominous, and the song's kind of, like, you know, echoing. It's very it's very moody, and I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the doctor uh, pulls aside a curtain, and he sees, uh, a, like, an old, old an old record player. Old by I love that. Not by I the love time. that. It's a, oh, it's a great, great moment, because you're suddenly like, oh, that's... That's weird. It's it it's very it it kind of it, it it the way that they played the monk and its reveals over the course of this story is very meticulous and thought out. Mm-hmm. And this record player, you know, you see this watch and you're like, okay, that's weird. And then you see the record player, you're like, okay, that's weird. What's going on? And um, the doctor s- stops the record player and he starts giggling. And then this random cage shows up and just drops down. <laughs> How it got the monk there, shows up and just starts laughing at it. And then you get this really long hold on Hartnell's eyes, and Hartnell has anger eyes, and then that's where the episode ends. Uh, yeah, it's just it's it's just of... just the monk laughing at the doctor stuck in a cage. <laughs> it's it's just yeah, it's very weird. Um, <laughs> and it, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> well, it, I think the weirdest thing about it is like this is my problem with the monk is he's very camp. Um, and it's and the laughing thing very much reminds me of you know, uh, Ainley's master sort of laughing as you see in something like Legopolis where he spends the first three episodes just laughing, and chuckling to himself, which is mm-hmm. lame and ineffectual. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a it's it's an ending to an episode, I guess. <laughs> Meanwhile, Hartnell, when he chuckles to himself, he sounds like Yoda, which amuses yeah, me. <laughs> it's very Yoda, and it's and it's and it's one of those things that, like, apparently is an acting choice by Hartnell. Um, apparently, if you see the massacre, you realize the difference between Hartnell and his doctor. But like, I always associate that giggle with Hartnell, something that Davison repeats in Castrovalva. But it's like, you know, he just goes, "Hee hee hee hee." It's kind of, I don't know. It's kind of. It annoyed me for a while, for a long time in there. I was very annoyed by it, but now it's kind of, it's kind of growing on me, and very. Yoda in its own way. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like an internal <laughs> chuckle, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Very like much it. like an aside sort of, you know. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like you're getting his inner thoughts. Uh, anyways. So uh, we go to part two and we get, and it's called The Meddling Monk and there is absolutely no Hartnell in this story or this episode. Um, which is which is interesting um, because it, it almost doesn't need Hartnell. It's written in such a way that it doesn't need him which is very useful. Um uh, but you almost don't notice that he's not there for like the first half of the episode, or at least I didn't. Um, <clears throat> and you, you get this thing where the monk's like making breakfast and it's kind of slapsticky and he's like fumbling toast that's in a toaster and, and he's making eggs and bacon and he, and he goes up to the doctor's, um, the doctor's cell and he, he makes sure that the doctor's sleeping and he opens the door and he puts the tray inside and he's like, wet rise and shine doctor, we have breakfast. And he opens the window to the cell and the doctor just throws tea at him and the monk gets all pissed and walks away. <laughs> I love that the monk that this episode starts with the monk making the doctor breakfast. Yeah, uh, it's very, it's, it's kind it's of like, brilliant. 
It's it's lovely. It's kind of like it's kind of like you know. I wish I wish the monk would make me breakfast, but mm. you know he never called me back, which is a huge bummer. Um, <laughs> oops. Um, so uh, <laughs> we then cut outside to Stephen and Vicky, and Vicky's alone, and uh, Stephen shows up, and he has breakfast, and he has this great gag where he goes, "I have blackberries in one hand and blackberries in the other hand," and he's like, "You want some?" And she's just like, "It doesn't make a difference." <laughs> and then he just takes the one in his right hand and just throws them away, <laughs> <laughs> and then eats the others. <laughs> yeah, like you don't want my blackberries fine don't have them and he just like you know he just sullies them instead of you know taking some for himself <laughs> um so so um and whatever i, and I just one... fought a guy for you earlier yeah yeah it was I told you a million times steven you didn't have to fight that guy <laughs> <laughs> it's the other side of vicky and steven the side that you never see the one... <laughs> He's like, I-, I do all these nice things for you, and you never say one word. One word, that's all I ask. A nice thank you once in a while. Just come on. You know, just like that. Um, <laughs> so, and one of the things that I really like about this is um, I love the outfits, like the costuming of Stephen, Vicky, and the Doctor. They're wearing, like, these these cloaks that are, like, kind of capish, and they have hoods and stuff. I, I just wanted to point that out because I think it's lovely. Um <laughs> talk, clothing talk um, so uh, they're hanging out in the woods and then all of a sudden they're mugged by a bunch of Saxons who are hanging out um, and apparently just want to take them back to their camp which the Saxons do we then cut to the monk who's on the coast with a pair of binoculars kind of waiting and he looks out to the sea and he sees Vikings and uh, <laughs> and there's like this great shot of like the Viking ship rowing, and then you get like this shot of like them on them on the ship, and there's like some shirtless Vikings, and you're just like right on, right on, and a Viking captain, and oh, it's it's good. I love Vikings and um, a space cow. Yeah, and a space cow. It's just it's just on board. That's why this is a pseudo historical. There's a space cow on board. But we never see it. Huge downer. Um, but we know it's there because we saw the helmet. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Steven, Steven knows what's up. The Doctor, not so much. Um, so, we get back to the Saxon camp, and Steven and Vicky are detained, and they're interrogated by the Saxons, and Eldred's like, we gotta kill them, because Eldred can't be beaten by, uh, by Steven, but apparently he can, because the, the husband of the wife, um, who's this big old dude, um, what did you say he looked like? He's Fat Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Fat Richard Dreyfus. That's what I'm just gonna call him. Fat Richard Dreyfus is just like, no, there's, there's nothing going on. And Stephen and Vicky ask if they saw the doctor, and the wife is just like, yeah, I saw him. He went to the monastery, and and so they head off to the monastery. And Eldred Eldred gives them a big old stink eye, um, which is always funny. Um, and so Stephen and Vicky go to the go to the monastery where the monk is, and the monk's like, I don't know what you're talking about, and he goes inside to check with the quote unquote other monks, although there aren't any. Um and and Stephen's just like, Shut up, Vicky, I'll I have the I got this. And he he goes he goes, So uh if you see the doctor, will you tell me? And and the monk's like, Sure, and the monk gives a description of the doctor, and Stephen Stephen later turns to Vicky when the monk's gone and says, uh and Vicky's like, Oh, you we didn't tell him what he looks like and Stephen's like, Well no no kidding. Keep up, you know, just kinda <laughs> kinda silly like that. Um <laughs> and um and and <laughs> And then we get this um 
what I think is actually a really dark sequence, um, where the Vikings land on the coast, um, and the Vikings, which is cool, I love Vikings, um, I, I'm gonna say that a bunch more times, but it's true, uh, the Vikings send this raiding party that's kind of like a recon unit that's gonna investigate the shoreline to see where's a good place, because there's an imminent Viking invasion, and, um, <clears throat> they attack the village, and there's this really dark scene where they take the wife into her house, um, and then when you next see them, when the Vikings have finished and taken their full pillaging this empty town, uh, because I guess the Saxons are off Saxoning, or whatever it is they do, um, <laughs> they come back to find the wife uh, catatonic, um, and she's not responding, but she's she's alive. And it's one of those things where, like, when we talked about the Daleks and talked about kind of the darkness um, in that, and you see it a lot throughout the rest of Verity Lambert's series, uh, or run on the show, um, it's really interesting. You see it in the Keys of Marinus. Um, there's an implication here, and I won't say what the implication is. Maybe you caught it, um, uh, of what happens to this woman off screen. Um, and it's and it's implied. It's never directly referenced. It's never said. But it's one of those things where it's like, um, I, I it's controversial. Um, but I, I actually kind of like that they go to the dark place without actually saying it. Like, you can watch this and completely miss it. Um... But, yeah, did you notice the thing? Um, the the implied thing? Well, the... yeah. Okay, <laughs> just making sure. Because some people, some people don't. Like, I know I know my girlfriend didn't, and when we were watching it this time, she was like, oh, snap. Um, but I, I like that. I think, it's, I think it's, it's one of those things where it's like Doctor Who is constantly trying to push its boundaries. Um, and it's, you know, it's implied, and it's done very tactfully, I think. And very, uh, for lack of a better word, tastefully. Um... Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's and so the Saxons get all angry and swear vengeance on the Vikings, so they mount up and they get ready for a Viking fight. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, meanwhile, um, uh, Stephen and Vicky go back to the coast and they see that the TARDIS is gone, washed away by the surf, and they're like, "Oh no!" But they decide to go back to the to the monastery to sneak in to see if they can find the Doctor. Um, or maybe they do that later. No, they do this later. Forget I said anything. Um, <laughs> so Vicky and Stephen go into the monastery. They start. They sneak in, um, and the monk prepares a trap. And while this is going on, this is the first YouTube. Uh, YouTubes will be in the comment section of the post on the website. So go to geekshowentertainment.com and find the post. Um, but uh, we get this really awesome scene of Saxons versus Vikings, which is totally epic, in which the Saxons, like, you know... Uh, Big epic. I, I don't know. I love this scene. Um, there's better ones coming up, but uh, I really loved the uh, just the the violence. It's pretty epic. Saxons versus Vikings. Who doesn't love that? Um, <clears throat> and over the course of it, I think two Vikings get away, and uh, Fat Richard Dreyfus manages to get away with Eldred, but Eldred's really wounded, so they head off to the monastery. And Vicky and Stephen manage to get in, and they start exploring the monastery. And the monk prepares this trap for them, but he gets distracted because there's a knock on the door of Eldred and um, Fat Richard Dreyfus. And so the companions, uh, unhindered by the monk, not knowing that he's there, uh, find the record player, and they think that's really weird. Um, and the, the record player is playing, and so they uh, they find the doctor's cell, and they they're like, "Oh, the doctor's in here!" And they they enter the cell, and then they realize they they uncover the blankets of his bed, and they realize that the doctor's gone, and he wasn't in the cell, uh, which is uh, interesting. It's an not ending. a very it's good a, cliffhanger, though. That's kind of weak. Because it's yeah. like, the Doctor's gone. Well, he's been gone all episode, sweetheart. Where you been? You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, um, 
So yeah, that's part two. Nothing really happens. I mean, it's 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 still good. It's just very. The story is very sparse. Um, they could they could you know there could be a lot more going on, but you know it's 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 slowish. Uh, but it's still entertaining. I'm still having fun with it. I mean, Vikings. I love Vikings. They're pretty sweet. And the Saxon Viking fight, which you can go watch on the website by checking out the comments. Um, mm-hmm. So um. <laughs> so before we get into uh, part three. Um, yeah. I want to remind everyone that uh, we are brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS is the site that lets you order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, and anything else you can get from your local comic book shop. You place your orders three months in advance using monthly uh, or with with monthly discount specials up to 75% off and regular discounts of 40% off. Plus, if you pre-order your collected editions, you can save 50% off those. Uh, ship it as often as you like with our orders as large or small as you like, and you only pay five ninety five for flat rate shipping. So thanks to DCBService.com. Sweet. All right, them. so part three. <clears throat> it's called The Battle of Wits, um, and uh, we cut back to the, uh, to, the, to the cell, and Vicky's like, okay, well... Um, uh, there must be a secret passage, and Stephen's like, "No, there won't be." And Vicky's just like, "No, there's got to be one because the door was locked. Um, how they got in, no idea." Um, and they they find it. It's very obvious. Um, uh, apparently the monk didn't know it was there. Um, and so they they head through the secret passage. Um, and and so the monk brings in um old old uh, fat not old Richard Dreyfus fat Richard Dreyfus and uh, <laughs> old Richard Dreyfus. That's, sorry, <laughs> sorry, isn't that sorry? I think what what is that's just repetitive, right? Isn't that <laughs> so? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so so they uh, the monk sets them aside and then goes to investigate the doctor's cell, and he bursts in and he finds that um, the doctor and Vicky and Stephen none of them are there, uh, and they manage to close the secret passage behind him, and the monk's just like, "Ooh, they got away from me," and then he um, heads back outside to go tend to Eldred. Meanwhile, the doctor shows up again uh, with a slightly different haircut. Uh, I noticed it this time, but uh, they thought they could fool me. They did not. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, the doctor finds the wife, and he gets some uh, interesting history lesson. And I like the history that they're playing with here. I think they could have done it a little bit better. Um, but basically, it's 1066. King Harold is on his way to the north to try and fight off some uh, some Vikings from invading. Harold Hadrada. I only know this because of 7th grade history, so bear with me while I give you a small history lesson. Uh, history time with Matt. We can add a sound effect there. <laughs> and then... Uh, Okay, um, so uh, King Harold is heading up north to go fight some Saxons, not some Saxons, some Vikings, um, and then when he finishes fighting the Vikings, he races back down south to go fight William the Conqueror <clears throat> and, uh, at the Battle of Hastings, and then at the Battle of Hastings, um, William the Conqueror uh, will defeat King Harold and his, wither- and his weary troops and instigate what is what comes next for all of England. Um, so... Uh, the doctor gives us this small history lesson. Um, the the woman, the wife is very confused, and the doctor's like, "Oh, I just hear things because I travel," which is the truth. Um, and then we get this great scene where uh, the monk gives Eldred penicillin. Um, wait, <laughs> the monk has like no qualms about just being like, <laughs> he just gives he just gives Eldred penicillin, and then Fat Richard Dreyfus is just like. What's that? And the monk's just like penicillin. Eldritch just like what? And he's like, um, <laughs> it's an herb. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, so uh, I love the blood transfusion one. 
Yeah, he's like, I need, a, I need to get him a blood transfusion. And the guy's just like, who, but what? That sounds like some <laughs> wizardry. And the monk's like, never mind, never mind, never mind. Um, and so so the monk questions Eldred and says, uh, how many Vikings that would, that would have been the best like, ending is like, to this episode. It's just like, he says something about blood transfusions. <laughs> and then what was the other thing? Blood transfusions and what? Penicillin? Penicillin. And they're yeah. just like, that sounds like witchcraft. Burn the witch! And they just burn maybe, him, and he's dead, and that's or it. Maybe, or maybe it's like an invasion of the body snatchers moment where Fat Richard Dreyfus thing goes like, <laughs> you know, just... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that would have been a much better ending to episode two. And, and then and then we come back, and the monk's just like, what? And then Richard, and old, Fat Richard Dreyfus is just like, oh, no, never, uh, sorry, something caught in my throat. Yeah, just... <laughs> Fake, fake old cliffhanger. Um, <laughs> um, so, so uh, the monk questions Eldred and asks about the Vikings, and Eldred's like, "Oh, there weren't many of them." And the monk's like, "I'm on schedule. I'm on schedule," which is lovely. And then we cut to a scene where there's these two Vikings, one of whom looks like a woman man um, with the, the craziest mustache I've ever seen, um, and like a like a ponytail out of the top of his head. It's very Vikingy, I guess. Um, <clears throat> And they start talking about what to do next, and they're like, "Well, we'll go to the monastery, um, and we'll we'll hang it, we'll we'll try and figure it out." Because they managed to get away, and their whole hunting party is gone. And they're like, "Well, we'll go to the monastery. They'll help us out, um, and all this stuff." <laughs> then, and then we get what is my favorite thing in this whole story, which is the monk looking at this thing like a roll of parchment that he calls a progress chart. And here are the steps on the progress chart. Uh, and each each section that's done has, like, a little check mark next to it. So, number one is arrival in Northumbria. Okay, right on. Uh, number two, position atomic cannon. cannon. That's done. Okay. Number three, site Vikings. Okay, that's done. Number three. Number four, light beacon fires. Not done. Number five, destroy Viking fleet. And then Norman landing. And then Battle of Hastings. And then meet King Harold. Um, <laughs> the most amazing progress chart in the world. Like, cause he, has a, he has a plan. He's going to execute it. He's going to destroy the Viking fleet and then head back down south for the Battle of Hastings. He's going to meet King Harold. There's going to be handshakes and everything. Uh, <laughs> I just I love this chart. It's just one of those things where it's like, you know, in the 60s and 70s, like, you know, mustache twirling villains would just like, you know, have like a ridiculous like, like list of things, like a to-do list. And I love that the monk has one of those. And it's like completely ridiculous. Like, he's like, first I have to arrive. And then I will put up an atomic cannon, wait for the Vikings to show up, and then I will destroy them. And then meet King Harold. That's just, I love it. Um... <laughs> I just I love that. Um, <laughs> I love that that's his master plan. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's super like you know I can understand a planning chart if what you've got is like super complicated, but like I can remember this. I'm not even the monk, you know. <laughs> I just I just love how like I love how if if the monk and the master ever met. <laughs> The master would just be like, I want to control the universe. What do you want to do? I just want to meet the king. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and, and the master's like, oh, that sounds easy. He's like, no, really, there's a chart. I, I have it all planned out. It's good. <laughs> just, <laughs> uh, the monk, dreaming big. Dreaming big. Uh, so, 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 so. Sorry, it's just it's just an amazing amazing chart. You should all see it. It's really funny. Um, so, 
the monk continues his planning and plotting, and there's a knock at the door, and there's this really great scene where the monk kind of like goes to the door, and he's like, that's weird. And he walks out, and there's no one there, and he walks back in, and there's another knock at the door, like almost instantly, and the monk like turns around, and he's like, oh, okay, who is it? Because apparently the monk just hates being ding-dong ditched. Um, and, <laughs> and there's this really great bit where like he walks outside, and uh, the doctor just shows up with like a stick and goes, I have a gun pointed in your back. And the monk's just like, oh, and he gets all scared. <laughs> and they walk into the monastery. And I love the reveal that oh. it's a stick. Like, oh, that's great. Th- it's yeah. it's, it's not even done with, like, fanfare. It's just like, it's just like, <laughs> we cut inside and there's the doctor and he's just kind of holding a stick. And you don't, you're just like, oh, well, there you go. That's a stick <laughs> right there. Um, so, and then we get, like, the first of these really great, like, doctor-monk interactions, which is like, Uh, you know, I think it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, the Doctor and the Monk kind of realize who each other is, but they're not saying anything about it. They're just, like, they're just, like, what are you doing here? What's going on? What are you planning? And the Monk's, like, I got a good plan. Um, (laughs) So, so I guess, I guess we can, it's almost safe to assume that this Monk is at least his second regeneration. uh, I would assume so, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. since, since, like, it takes a second for the Doctor to recognize him. Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be so. I wouldn't be so surprised. There's also like, as we find out later, there's a 50 year difference between how old the monk is and uh, the doctor, because um, mm-hmm. they mentioned in part four that the monk left um, the home planet, which they don't mention, but it's Gallifrey. Um, the monk left Gallifrey some 50 years after the doctor. How the doctor knows this, I have no idea. Um, but um, so I, I would assume that it's a def- another regeneration for the monk. Uh, the one that appears in the Eighth Doctor Adventures is a, is a different monk as well, um, and the Doctor recognizes him there. So it's, I think it's one of those things where the Doctor kind of realizes who it is and slowly starts to piece it together. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so then Vicky and Steven head back to the shoreline, and they, re- they, check to, to, they check on the TARDIS, but the TARDIS is gone! And it looks like it's been washed away by the high tide. Um, <laughs> and they, oh, they no. go over. They go, they go over to the bushes, and Stephen's just like, "Look at this!" And Vicky's like, "What is it?" And she's just completely upset because she thinks that the doctor left without them, and <laughs> they just find a laser cannon just hidden in the bushes, pointed out at sea, which is just fantastic. And then you realize, <laughs> oh, that's why that was checked off. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The atomic cannon has, in fact, been positioned. Um, the monk there was right to check it off. Yeah. So the monk is, in fact, on schedule. Um, <laughs> so so they start to panic and they're like, well, we got to get back to the monastery and figure out what's going on. Why they realize to go to the monastery, I don't even know. Um, maybe they go back to the Saxon camp. I don't know. doesn't matter. They're going back to the monastery. Um, so they um, <clears throat> at the, back in the monastery, the doctor and the monk are still talking. The doctor's like, this is not good. You can't be doing this. You can't be meddling with time. And the monk's like, oh, but I have this whole, I have it all worked out. And, um, and there's a knock at the door. The doctor and the monk, the monk's like, well, I got to answer it because I'm a monk and that's what monks do. And the doctor's like, fine. So the doctor gets put in monk robes, which is pretty awesome. Um, and, <laughs> and he opens the door um, and the monk runs away while the doctor's back is turned and, and they, and these two Vikings, the two Vikings like run inside and there's a siege of the monastery and they put the doctor in the cell that has the secret passage, which is very convenient cell that everyone keeps seeming to use. Apparently the monks at the monastery only have use for one cell and it has a secret passage in it, which is not the best of ideas, but you know, you take what you can get. Um, <laughs> So, then we're getting to what uh, what is the second YouTube that I'm going to be doing. It's a really short one, but I think it's pretty awesome, if for no other reason than because it's actually, like, 
kind of like every time I watch it, I kind of cringe because it's kind of violent. But like the Vikings start like moving around the monastery and there's this really great part where this one Viking walks into the room where there's this Saxon sarcophagus and he like turns around and then the monk jumps up from behind the sarcophagus and hits him over the head with a giant plank. And like when I, every time I see this, I just go, Oh, that looks like it hurt. Um, <laughs> because it, it's just, it's, you saw it, right? Like that, that wood just breaks. Like it just, yeah. Just, oh man. <clears throat> And then, and then we cut to the um, to the cell, and the 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 Viking apparently like fell asleep for a minute because Vikings are tired. Um, and he looks inside the cell and he sees that like the secret passage is open, and he's like, "Oh crap!" So he goes to the secret passage and he like runs in and opens, goes to the secret passage, and the doctor like sneaks out from behind the door because he was hiding behind the door, and he pulls out like a giant plank of wood and hits him over the head, and this one like was even more painful because he just like whacks him. <laughs> It's like, oh, crap. And like, ow, ow. Every time I see it, it just hurts. Um, <clears throat> so <laughs> the monk, um, now that he's free of the doctor, goes back to the Saxons and he um, asks if the Saxons can light the beacon fires um, because he's expecting like some uh, some fake parts from somewhere for the monastery. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but he asks, like... Fat Richard Dreyfus walks out without a shirt, which is awesome. Um, why is that important? I don't know. He just chose to walk out without a shirt. That's his loungewear, I guess. Um, and uh, so he asks if they can light the beacon fires, which, as we know, is one of the monks' to-do list, which is good. Um, and so uh, Stephen and while this is going on, Stephen and Vicky head back to the um, <clears throat> back to the monastery. And they uh, head through the secret passage because they don't want to get found out by the monk. And they uh, come across the Viking who's knocked out in front of the secret passage. And then we get what is easily the best cliffhanger of this episode. Possibly the best Hartnell cliffhanger I can think of. Uh, if you know of a better one, write in and I will confer with you. Uh, but it's like they walk in, they find the sarcophagus. And um, Vicky notices that there's a, a cable coming out of the sarcophagus. And they... Um, and they pull on the cable and they see that it's going into the sarcophagus and they go inside and the doors open inside and they walk into a TARDIS and it's just amazing, this cliffhanger. Like, that reveal is just brilliant. Like, it's, mm -hmm. oh, it's so good. Um, <clears throat> it took my breath away. It takes my breath away every time because it's just like, like, just twists everything on you and just says, oh, this is what we've been watching this whole time. Yeah, yeah, me too. And and it it it's funny because uh you know, like I knew what to expect. You know, I I yeah. know that the monk is a is a time lord. Mm -hmm. Um so but at the same time it was done so expertly like when this happens you just go <gasps> like it was just it was great. Fantastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fantastic mm -hmm. cliffhanger. Yeah, and I've seen this story like three or four times at this point and like I know I knew that the monk was a time lord the first time and like Every time I watch it, it gets me. Every time, because it's just because like you know it's coming, but like just the way that they like track out and they're walking in, and Vicky and Steven are just like, "Oh crap!" And oh, it's just oh, it's just so good. It's just it's it, you have to see it to believe it. But I can tell you, it's happening. It'll still blow you away every time. Um, but yeah, that's that's this. <laughs> well, Vicky, it's... Vicky's like, "Oh crap!" Steven is is like is more like, "I'm still not getting this whole time travel thing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. It is, it is Vicky's thing where she's just like the monk's got it. It's a TARDIS. The monk has a TARDIS, and it's just like, damn, just damn. Every every time, it's yeah. just it's 
it's it's so good. It's so good. It's the I think as far as I'm concerned, it's hands down the best part of the serial. The whole thing, all about that moment. Um, oh yeah. So um, we come back and um, the monk heads into the uh, into the monastery and he's held at sword point by the Vikings who managed to get free from their bondage or whatever they're in. Um, and he's like, well, I want you to help me light the signal fires, which is a bit of a mixed message. I think the monk likes to play both sides of the field in this case, um, asking the Saxons and the Vikings for help. <laughs> and, and they're like, well, you got to help me light these signal fires so I can signal your troops. Um, but what he doesn't tell them is that he's signaling the troops to bring them to the, his position so that he can blow them out of the water. Um, and then we cut back to the monk's TARDIS where Vicky and Steven... Oh, by the way, this port's called Checkmate, which is a sweet title, I guess. Um, and they, they head into... <laughs> I don't know. It's not like super Checkmate. It's more like a... It's more like, a, like you know, when you hear Checkmate, you're just like, mm, Checkmate. But this is more like Checkmate. Right on. Like, because, you know, as we'll see in a minute, it's cool. It's not like, you know, like, mm, Checkmate. You know what I mean? Um... That might not make sense to anyone. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I, don't the, I don't know the ending of this episode is pretty checkmatey. Yeah, it's checkmatey, but it's not like, mm, checkmate. You know, like, like you know, the the doctor beats the master, and he's, like, you know, planted a fire where the doctor's like, mm, checkmate, um, sort of. I don't know. It's, it's not as checkmatey as, like, you know, it's, it's good. It's not... Perfect, but it's a good checkmate. Uh, you know what I love um, about this podcast? The fact that hmm. we're having discussion about how checkmatey something is. <laughs> well, you never know what's going to happen on the Doctor's Companion, and this week it's a discussion of checkmating. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, we cut back to the monks to the monks' TARDIS, and Vicky and Stephen are are exploring it, and the monk, uh, as it turns out, has been collecting things in history and he's got like artifacts from all over and apparently he keeps a diary and (laughs) (laughs) apparently he one of the things in the diary is he's like well i talked to leonardo da vinci about uh uh, aerodynamics and he apparently monk the monk was trying to create aeroplanes for whatever reason but the best (laughs) the best example in this thing is (laughs) vicky's is steven's like looking at it he's like he's like (laughs) money plan Put money in bank in in one point in time. Set, jump two hundred years into the future. Collect tons in interest. Um, <laughs> just like like okay, you have a time because machine. That would work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like not only that, but like you have a time machine, time and space machine. Just break into the vault, steal everything, time jump out of there. No need for this interest. But I guess the monk, you know, the monk just loves compound interest. He loves collecting money. You know, he started with a little bit, then he waits a couple hundred years. He gets a lot of money. What's so funny is that, like, do you know how complicated the process would be to collect that money 200 (laughs) years later? Like, wait, you're telling me you're the same guy that put this in 200 years ago? Yes. Yep. Yep. That was me. Same guy. That's my time machine. Give me my money. There's my picture. There's my picture right there. You don't think I am who I say I am? Come on. What's up? There's my there's my ID. And they're like, I don't know. This doesn't seem on the level. And he's just like, how else do I know it's there? I just, oh, God, that's so funny. Like, it's he's so like, it's just, And then he's like, he's like, check my fingerprints. Uh, we didn't take fingerprint records. Oh, well, hold on a second. And he just goes back. <laughs> he's like, he goes back in 
on the bank 200 years ago and he's like here's my fingerprints goes back into the future he's like how about those fingerprint records got them right here <laughs> for a guy like for a guy who's like so down with like changing time all the time to like meddling with time and creating alternate history like the monk is really down by the book like it's just <laughs> Compound interest. That's one of his plans is compound interest. That is amazing. That's like, oh, man, that is some long-term planning, my friends. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Okay, love okay. it. <laughs> um, so we then come back, and the monk and the doctor come back face-to-face or something. Um, or and the something. doctor finds... Or something. I don't know. Not important. Um, and the monk... Uh, the doctor finds out that the monk's plan uh, is to um, uh, what's the, what's the phrase? It's um, I forget. Hang on. Oh, he wants to he wants to blow up the Viking fleet uh, and make it so that Harold's troops aren't tired when they go to the Battle of Hastings, so that they can win the Battle of Hastings. Uh, England will be on course and won't have to deal with tons of wars. And the monk wants airplanes by the 13th century. You know, television. You know, tons of stuff. He wants history to be accelerated, which is um, one of the things that I really like about this. Um, it's very—it's—it's it's not the perfect plan. Like, I don't. If you're gonna change history, go to a slightly more pivotal battle, as far as I'm concerned. Not saying that the Battle of Hastings wasn't pivotal, but like, you know, uh, stop the Roman Empire from falling. Um, do something else. Don't don't just say England uh, needed to lose the Battle of Hastings. Come on, or win the Battle of Hastings. That's just silly. Um, so, so then there's a reunion in the monk's TARDIS, um, and the monk talks about how he wants to improve things, and we get this idea that um, the monk's TARDIS is a Mark IV, and it can hide itself using a proper chameleon circuit, although they don't ever call it a chameleon circuit. Um, and um, and uh, the doctor's like, I have to stop all your meddling, and um, the monk... <laughs> the monk uh, random and he's like well this is one of my people but they never call him time lords which i think is really interesting like it's one of those things where it's like uh, doctor who has this really great history of like parceling out information very slowly and uh, they don't call him time lords we're still like four years away from that uh, mm-hmm. but it's it's really cool i think how they how they kind of get around that uh, it's kind of nifty um anyway so the monk randomly runs out of his tardis and he escapes into the vikings arms and <laughs> And he's just like, he's just like, praise be to Hardrada, uh, these guys are the ones you want. And the Vikings take Vicky, Stephen, and the Doctor hostage and tie them up, and the monk starts to um, bring the Vikings over to help him light the signal fires. Um, and Stephen and Vicky have this really awesome conversation about how time might change because they've interfered with history, and, and history books will change despite the fact that they're written, they'll be written differently. And there's this really great moment where, like, they think that the doctor's asleep, and Vicky's just like, Doctor, d- do you hear what I'm saying? And he's just like, Of course I hear what you're saying! Like, he just randomly wakes up. <laughs> well, he's just like, are, are, are you awake? Of course I'm awake, I'm wide awake! <laughs> It's almost like one of those things where it's like, Art, are you dead? Hello? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, um, so, so the doctor's like, the monk must be stopped. Um, and so uh, as the Vikings are leaving uh, to light the signal fires, there's a Saxon assault on the monastery. And I'm YouTubing this because it's pretty 
fantastic because it's more Saxons and more Vikings. Um, and the Vikings and the monk panic and they start running away. They run into the monastery. The Saxons run into the monastery. The monk and the Vikings manage to escape from the monastery. They make it to a clearing and the monk's just like, there's a well over there. Go, go hide. And the Vikings head towards the well and the monk runs away. And the Vikings are like, we've been betrayed. And then the Saxons close in and kill the Vikings. Um, which is apparently lost footage. But apparently they were supposed to, like, show the Vikings getting killed and use, like, potato sacks to kill them. Or not, like, use, like, dummy potato sacks, which would have been epic. Uh, but alas, that footage is lost because of, um... Because of the BBC drunking policy, which is sad. Um, it's so, like 15 seconds or whatever. Yeah, it's like 12 seconds. Yeah. It's it's. I wish I could see it. Uh, if for no other reason than because I want to see sack Vikings get stabbed. Um... <laughs> Um, does not make me a violent person, I swear. Um, so, the, the doctor is like, I have to stop the monk from, uh, from, from winning, so he jerry-rigs the monk's TARDIS, um, and there's this really great scene where he's, like, doing something at the TARDIS, and, and Vicky and Steven are like, what are you doing? And the doctor's like, shut up, let me, let me concentrate, and he has this cord that he ties around a device in the monk's TARDIS, and he pulls it out, and he starts laughing, um, and he's just like, ha 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 ha, I have it. And they're, they're like, what is it? He's just like, shrug face, and they leave. Um, and they head back to their TARDIS. They leave a <laughs> and note. The doc- they leave a nice note. It's, the doctor leaves a letter. To um, the monk. <laughs> it's like, it's like on, on the, on the, on the letter it just says, to the monk. Like, on the, on the, like, on the letterhead, you know, just like, to the monk. And it just, I, I just, I love that they leave him a note. Like, the doctor seems it, deems it necessary to do that. So they head back to the TARDIS. And they're like, the day has been saved. Um, and they get back in the TARDIS. And the monk returns, and he's very upset. And he's like, well, I guess my plan's been scrapped. Which is completely ridiculous. Like, like, so the Vikings were, mur- like, were killed. And, like, granted, he was outed as a Viking sympathizer, which is <laughs> quite op- quite the opposite of what was actually going on. Um, but uh, he's <laughs> like, well, I can't really, I can't really do anything now. I can't save the day or anything because I can't. So he kind of gives up and he's like, well, I'm going to go. And he finds the letter and he reads the letter aloud, which is probably my least favorite thing because he talking to himself. And I never, I never like it when characters talk to themselves. Like, it has to be done really well for me to like it and this is just kind of hackneyed and very like you know i have to talk to myself because otherwise the audience won't know what's going on and so he reads the letter and he's like and he's like no and the doctor can't beat a mark four tardis and he gets all smug about it and then he finishes reading the letter he's like well best be on my way like who is he talking to i don't know um (laughs) and then he does this there's this great moment where he kind of gets he goes to go into the sarcophagus and he kneels in and he looks and he realizes that what the doctor has pulled out is a dimensional modification unit, which means that he basically transformed the TARDIS or the monk's TARDIS into what is essentially actual size. So the entire monk's TARDIS has shrunk and it's completely unusable. And the doctor has stranded the monk in 1066 and the doc and the monk gets really angry and shouts the doctor's name and throws the letter to the ground. And he just like sits down dejected. Um, and then the doctor's TARDIS flies away and that's kind of where we end it mm-hmm. um, and there you go so the doctor has defeated the monk and the monk is gone and will never show up again it's a good so, ending thing I think I like it I agree I think it's one of those brilliant things where it's like the doctor always figures out how to do a non-violent solution and he just kind of you know trapping the monk where he traps him is you know it's pretty well done mm-hmm. um, and it's you know it is a checkmate um, mm-hmm. yeah So and it's yeah. good and like I love the scene where the monk just kind of sticks his head in the really shrunken TARDIS 
Um, it just looks really silly. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's where it is. That's where we end it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I liked it a lot, actually. It's good. Um, it's good. Yeah. It's, a, it's a little slight, um, and the monk is a little jokey for me. Um, but 8th Dr. Monk, man, that's where it's at. That's where it's at, if I could be I'll honest. I'll get there. I'll get mm-hmm. there. Yeah, you will. You will. My thing about the monk, and the reason that I think he's very um, interesting and underused as a character, unfortunately, underused, I mean, um, is um, the monk is almost designed to be like a proto-master, sort of, like the master before the master exists. Mm-hmm. You know, the evil time lord who's a renegade, who's on the run, who's against the doctor. Um, but where the master suffers from ultimate, like, the master doesn't really have focus ever. Like, his focus is, I want to kill the Doctor, I want to take over the universe. He could do anything, you know? Um, that's mm-hmm. why I like Planet of Fire, because Planet of Fire is like, the Master's just has one goal in it, and that's to get big. Um, uh, and that, that makes it really strong. Um, what I like about the Monk is the Monk's whole purpose is just to meddle. All he wants to do is to create a version of history that's better. Um, as he says in the Eighth Doctor Adventures, I just want to create a universe in which the end justifies the means to create a world that is better. Um, and I love, I love that about him. And it's one of those things that like, he's so much more Moriarty than the master is in a lot of ways. And like, you know, it's so underused. And unfortunately, like, like if you put Stephen Moffat on this and Stephen Moffat writing, you know, as smart of bad guys as he writes, like a wasted opportunity, like let's make this happen, you know? Um, so yeah, that's just, that's just my thoughts on it because like, you know, I love Antithesis characters, and the Master ultimately suffers from lack of direction, whereas the Monk is very focused and very much in the opposite direction of the Doctor, who won't take a life to save the world, uh, generally speaking. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, it's it's really good, and it's one of those things that I think they should explore more. Um, and it's unfortunate that they haven't. Uh, but hopefully they will, because I think, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch would make a great Monk. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, and and ver- <laughs> versus... Uh... You know, versus Matt Smith. Matt Smith. I think Matt Smith would be a great doctor to go up against the monk. So, oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm all for it. I'm all for mm-hmm. it. Bring mm-hmm. it on. Um, <clears throat> all right. So before we wrap it up, I want to tell you guys about Summit City Comic Con. That is the comic convention that is brought to you by In Stock Trades and DCP Service. Uh, they do it every year in Fort Wayne, Indiana, at the Grand Wayne Center. This year, it's uh, June 18th. It's a one-day con from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Um, it's a little con, and it's it's very much comic-centric, lots of artists and things. Uh, but the great thing about this convention is that because it's so small, I mean, you can just hang out and talk to everybody all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And this year, uh, they've got Sean McKeever is going mm-hmm. to be there, um, the writer of uh, Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane, um, amongst uh, many, many other comics. Um, he's going to be there. Uh, Mike Norton is going to be there, which is a phenomenal artist, um, working on the, uh, Young Justice, uh, comic book right now. Mm-hmm. Um, also Ian Brill, the artist of Darkwing Duck, that, that comic that, uh, Boom Studios is putting out. Uh, Jason Howard, who does, uh, or who did, uh, the, uh, Wolfman comic, Astounding Wolfman. Astounding Wolfman, yeah. Yeah, the Astounding Wolfman comic. Um, excellent artist, and then uh, you know many, many more. Tom Scioli from uh, Godland, um, Katie Cook, uh, all all kinds of people. Steve Bryant. Um, mm-hmm. So there's there's tons of artists uh, that are going to be there, and you know they all do 
you know, convention sketches and things like that. And um, and then most of all, uh, Geek Show Entertainment is going to be there. Um, so I'm going to be there, and uh, Matt isn't going to be there because he lives across the country. Um, yeah, it's a it's a bummer. I wish I could go. I really yeah. do. But uh, maybe next year. <clears throat> Who knows? You never hopefully, know. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so you guys should definitely come. And, and if, uh, if things go well in the way that I'm planning, I might have something a little special um, for everybody there. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, come to uh, come to Summit City Comic Con, and uh, we'll hang out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Should be fun. Should be yeah, fun. Yeah, that's um. I think it's it's like I said, it's June eighteenth, and I think it's like. Let me see if what the price of tickets are this year. Um, ten bucks. <laughs> that's not bad at all. No, ten bucks. For so much fun, and then going out for drinks afterwards. Psh, come on, yeah. it's great. It's true. It's great. Ten bucks and kids under twelve are free. Ah, yeah. There you go. There you yeah. go. And if yeah. you're thirteen, you can just say you're twelve. <laughs> Lessons I learned as I was 13. Even 14. Even 14. <laughs> nice. nice. It's not like they're going to card you, let's be honest. It's not like they're going to card you. Come on. It's true. It's true. Because um, you can't really card someone that young. But, uh, yeah. Yes, so I'm working on making it so that we can. <laughs> so get your licks in while you can, kids. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so Saturday, June 18th, 2011, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., at the Grand Wayne Center in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So there Sweet. you go. You guys should definitely come. All right, so what do you got for us next week? Uh, next week we're going back into some David Tennant again. Uh, we got some... Uh, actually, it's a two-parter. Oh, we're doing the Centauran Stratagem and the Poison Sky. Uh, the Centauran, some Donna, uh, the return of Martha Jones, which is weird that we're talking about Martha again. Um <laughs> I think is she she might be the first that we're doing a double story of um the first time we're doing like a two companions um I could be wrong don't quote me on that <clears throat> is that right now it's gonna what bother you, me what do you mean <laughs> well I mean like the last time we did a tenant the last time we did a tenant story we did a we did a Martha story oh um, and so oh. we're doing a Martha story again and I don't think I don't think I don't, we've... I don't think we've repeated any companions yet we haven't no. so she becomes the she gets the quote unquote honor of a being the repeat companion that we start with. Uh, anyway, so uh, Martha Jones, uh, Donna Noble, David Tennant, uh, Centauran Strategy, and Pro- Poison Sky uh, should be fun. Everyone should have watched it, so you can all listen in. No spoilers. Hopefully. It's on Netflix oh. Instant. Yeah, why not? Go. Enjoy. Yeah. Um, and then uh, next week, this is actually kind of sad, uh, but uh, it's our last story. Before It's bittersweet, I think, because it's our last story before uh, the Matt Smith stuff starts up again. Uh, but we're going to be talking about The Deadly Assassin, uh, which is one of my all-time favorite stories. Um, and everyone should watch that. It's not on Netflix Instant, but you can find it. Go watch it. It's great. It's phenomenal. Uh, and then, yeah, so that's it. If and you want to know be... about Time Lordy right. stuff and Gallifrey, oh. that's the episode to watch. The quintessential Time Lord story. If you want to know anything about Time Lords, that's the one to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a great, great master story. And I know we talked about him kind of recently a lot. But uh, it's worth it. <laughs> it's one of my all-time favorite master stories. Probably is my favorite master story. Anyways, I'm rambling at this point. But yeah, that's it. That's And then we'll be on hiatus. And then we'll come back with some strong stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, there you go. In uh, June-ish. Ish, yes. Yes, June is. I already know what we're coming back with, and uh, I'll announce it uh, on Deadly Assassin, but I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Pumped right. for it. Um, also on the website this week, uh, Geekin 151. Nope. Nope. It's over. 
It's over. It's yeah. all over. So uh, yeah. Geekin' is no more. But The Geek Show with Scott and Matt premieres June 1st on geekshowentertainment.com. So keep an eye on that. Um, you can go ahead and subscribe to Geekin' uh, if mm-hmm. you want to, because it's going to be on that feed that The Geek mm-hmm. Show will premiere. Um, so if you're already subscribed to Geekin', Geekin', don't cancel your subscription. If you haven't subscribed to Geekin', go ahead and go subscribe and uh, wait for The Geek Show to premiere June 1st. Um, that's uh, that's that's going to be our um, sort of answer to, like, you know, all the late-night talk shows, um, talk show, mm-hmm. variety show, SNL-y type, type of thing. Yeah, um, it is going to be sweet. It is. It is. Our writing staff is coming together. It's very exciting. Oh, so good. So yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, The Geek Show, uh, June 1st. So keep an eye out for that. Um, move, uh, movie Night Geek Show. Um, last week uh, was Happy Thank You More, Please. Um, this week we're going to be talking about... Uh, what is this movie called? Uh, Cemetery Man. Cemetery, Cemetery Man. Man. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, so that should be, uh, that should be interesting. Um, a horror black comedy horror, I think. Question I'm not mistaken. Mark, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that should be interesting. <clears throat> and then uh, sound check this week is a spotlight episode on a band called M83. Um, we're going to be doing a couple of spotlight episodes before we get back to uh, new music selections. So, uh, so you know, M83. That's what's this week on Soundcheck. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, all of our other podcasts. So, the many, but I don't know what they're podcasts. planning because I'm not on those ones. <laughs> <laughs> it must be nice having like a small break um, from Geekin. So, like, you're now on one less podcast until TGS starts. Um, yes. Yeah. It is nice. It's actually yeah. really nice. <laughs> Relaxful, even. Yes. Um, yeah, so you can find me across the internet. You can find me at twitter.com slash gungadin, uh, where I tweet about things. Hopefully they make sense. Um, uh, you can also find me every week at classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com, where I review a classic story uh, from Doctor Who every week. Last week was Castravalva, which was actually really interesting. I kind of went on an adjunct tangent for a little bit in there, which I thought was kind of fascinating um and then uh so that was last week this week uh cassandra my girlfriend hi cassandra is back doing uh the sea devils which is a um john pertwee master story and even if you haven't seen it check it out because um there's going to be a youtube in there that she's already made that is the doctor and the master having a sword fight and that is uh, miraculous um it is it is oh it's sensational sensational oh it's so good so good Uh, so yeah that's me on the internet all right, yeah, and then you can find me, of course, at geekshowentertainment.com, amongst my other podcasts, um, as well as posting on the site with articles and such. And then you can also find me on Twitter. I'm twitter.com slash scottcarelli, or my alternate Twitter account is uh, twitter.com slash scottcommentary, where I live-tweet films every once in a while. Though, don't look for that to happen very often this month. <laughs> yeah, script frenzy coming down in a big, bad way. Script frenzy. <laughs> oh, um, man. Yeah. 100 pages in 30 days. You can do pages. it. I know you can do it, hopefully. Um yeah. <laughs> Uh, honestly, honestly, I'll be impressed if I get to sixty. That's that's the that's the truth. 
Have some faith, my friend. Huh? No, um, no, no. I'm gonna go for the full 100. But I'm just saying, okay, like, if I right if on, I right get on. if I if I give it my all and I only get 60, I'll still be pretty happy. <laughs> right on, right on. Yeah. Um. One more thing. Uh. Just last week, I mentioned uh, iTunes reviews, and we were we were kind of starved for them. Um. And I threw out this very impromptu uh, contest, and then you know, as soon as the podcast went up, I was like, well, now I have to do that because uh, all you guys out there heard it. Um, and we got a review, uh, but before before we even got that, I realized that it's not fair to the first four people who uh, posted reviews because I said I'll buy the fifth person an audio play, um, and uh, among other things, uh, we got a review, and I thought it was it's not fair to the first four people, so I realized that the first five people who leave a review, uh, all of you guys are going to be entered into a contest where I'm going to pull one of your names randomly out of the hat. Out of a hat, not the hat. It's not like there's one great hat for pulling things out of. Um, and, I think there uh, should be. I know, right? How great would that be? It's like a trans-dimensional hat. You're just like, you're just like hat, and then it shows up. Somebody um, should make a, a wiki for that. Yeah, yeah, I would love that. Um, Why does that hat so... wiki? I'm sure that exists. Yeah. <laughs> with the with the internet, how it is, I'm wouldn't be surprised. Um. Anyway, so I um, I think it's not fair for the f- first four people to leave iTunes reviews. So the first five, and uh, this is me. It's, I'm sorry if you left reviews before, but I wasn't part of the show when you guys left reviews. So uh, it's not that I don't care about you, but I'm more interested in what new people have to say about what I, me, and all of my bringing to the show. Um, <laughs> watch me get no reviews for that. Um, but no, no, new new reviews. We're, we're looking for them, and uh, I, I throw we'll out a We'll get contest. a five-star review that just says, Matt sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I Oh, man. I don't know what I would do if that happened. Not that you should. Not that you should. Please. I don't know if I could handle that. I'd Please like, don't do oh. that. <laughs> that would be so disheartening. Although, um, at least if it was five stars, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I would. It would be so bittersweet for me. It would be so bittersweet. Uh, um, uh, anyway, anyway, so uh, uh, yeah, leave a review. First five reviews. The first one has been posted. So uh, reviews as of last week's show, which was like towards the end of March. So the first five reviews that we get, uh, I'll enter your names into a hat, and then I'll try and find a way of contacting you, and then I will buy you an audio play of your choosing of Doctor, and I will choose the story, and I will make sure it's good. Uh, so go leave an audio. Uh, go leave a review on iTunes, and uh, you might win something cool. And how? Really cool. Because those big finish audios are great. Oh, yeah. There's some... Oh, man, there's some really good ones. Some I haven't really even gotten to a really good one yet, either. Isn't your next one like the Chimes of Midnight? No, my next one is one that that you keep telling me is terrible. <laughs> yeah, but... just skip it. Go to Chimes of Midnight. Don't need to listen to that one. Okay. Chimes of Midnight. It's oh, it's, trust me, Chimes of Midnight will blow your mind off. It'll okay. blow your face off. It's so good. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just I'll skip to, to that, that one. next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should be good. Okay. We'll do. We'll do. All right, guys. We will talk to you next week with uh, Centauran Stratagem and the Poison Sky. See you guys. Bye.